Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo. Welcome, Rob. Oh, thanks, David. It's good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. We're going to break open the bread of life and see how the Lord wants to speak to each and every one of us today on our journey home to Him. So, Rob, before we do that, you want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open that bread of life. I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And as we are in the early stages of our Lenten journey, Lord, we just, we just ask you please to fill our hearts with, uh, with the, the spirit of your love. Holy Spirit, come and give us the courage we need to, to be true to our commitments of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. And as we open up the gospel that we will hear on Sunday, Holy Spirit, please speak into our hearts and into our lives. Uh, help us to, to know where uh, you're guiding us, the changes that we might need to make, in all the aspects of our lives, and all of our relationships. And we ask the Blessed Mother Mary, please pray with us, pray for us, help uh, everything that we do, uh, to help, uh, help everything we do, uh, help us to draw closer to Jesus during this Lent and every day of our lives. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the in the Father, Father, Son, and the Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And now let's read the gospel and uh, prepare our hearts to be pierced by God's truth. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. The mountaintop experience. I remember one time, Dave, we, we took a bunch of teenagers to, uh, to a retreat. There's two, 3,000 teens and a bunch of uh, adult chaperones. And, and this was the gospel on the closing day, the last day of the retreat. And, uh, you know, it was, just, it was one of those retreats where just powerful things were happening in, you know, with the teens. And 
Uh, there was a Saturday night adoration that was just beyond, beyond amazing. The Lord was just working in their lives. And here we come to Sunday, closing Mass, and this is the gospel. The draw for the kids was, let's stay. <laughs> let's stay. Let, let's stay here. You know, they, they just had this, this amazing experience. And the priest so lovingly and, and, and courageously just challenged them, okay, we need to get back. And we need to go back. This was a time for you to be filled. Uh, for those of you who had uh, a mountaintop experience, it's, let's praise God for that. But we need to go back to school. We need to go back to our families. We need to go back to our, our teams and our you know, fellow cast members if we're involved in, in theater. We need to go back. Let, let's, let's be the change uh, that we want to see. So, um, you know, it doesn't only happen for teenagers. Any, any aspect in our any, – any time in our lives when we're in those moments where we're touched by God, by his grace, whether it's in, in, in a private time of prayer or with a group or a gospel reflection, you know, when we're with – our brothers and sisters in Christ, it could be very comfortable. It could be just very, very powerful uh, experience of God. But he needs us. He needs our hands and our feet. He needs our yes to go from there to the real world uh, to take this. So, you know, I, I, can, I can empathize with, with my man Peter. There's many times that I wanted to build a tent and just stay, right, just stay in his glory. Uh, but he, he's, he needs us. He needs us to, to be out there and taking this message to the street. You know, and as you were sharing, the first thing I circled was the first two words, Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. I think that really is a challenge to each and every one of us. Where does Jesus want to take us to get our undivided attention? Is it at the top of a mountain? Is it in a great movie out called uh, The War Room? Is there a war room in your house? It's a prayer war room. Because why did they go there? Not to see the beauty, but to pray, to have that intimate time with Jesus. So my challenge to each and every one of our listeners today, and, and to you and I, Rob, where does Jesus want to take us? And are we truly docile to his Holy Spirit that lives in us, with us, and through us, to take us where he wants to take us, to pray, to prepare for that day's journey. And, you know, for me, it's about giving God the first fruit of that day every day. And that first fruit is when I first wake up in the morning. Do I thank him for the gift of the day? Do I truly open up and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And Lord, use me for your purpose. And, you know, that time of prayer with the Lord in the morning is critical. It's like fuel, fueling up your gas tank of your car before you start out on the journey that day. You certainly wouldn't go, get in your car, start it up, and go with an empty tank. You wouldn't get very far. You know, it'll cause a lot of problems for the day. Well, it's the same thing spiritually. So for me, I ask the question, Jesus, where do you want to take me so that I can have your undivided attention, so I can truly pray? What does pray, prayer look like? It's mostly listening listening to God's Word today as we break open this Gospel reading so God can teach us His truths and change us and purify us so that we too, as it shows here, Moses and Elijah, they appeared in glory. Beautiful. What did they also do? They spoke with Him. These are men that were dead, but not dead, fully arisen in Christ, the communion of saints, the Catholic teaching of the communion of saints. They conversed with Jesus. 
That's what Jesus wants to do with you. God the Father wants to do that with you. The Holy Spirit wants to do that with you. They want that intimate relationship. And, you know, elsewhere in Scripture, it challenges us to go into our inner room, the inner sanctums of our heart, open the door, let Christ in. He's always knocking. And then have that intimate time with him. Invite him to go along for the journey that day. Ask him, Father, what would you like me to eat today? Where would you like me to go? And then ask to be used by God that day to be a blessing to others. Be used by God that day to be an instrument in the salvation of souls. And I promise you, your life will change and your life will become a great adventure. A great adventure. And David, the challenge that you've you've given to me and to so many people that I've heard you speaking to uh, is whenever something happens in your life that you don't understand, ask God, what did you want to teach me through that? Because there's so many things that, or or even if it's not directly, or if it's a movie or whatever, God, what what did you want to show me? If if you hear an interview, what did you want to teach me? So thank you for for that piece of advice. And um, on occasion, I I follow through with it. Uh, It's just not a habit yet. But the times that I have done that, it's been such a such a blessing. And just recently, in the last couple of weeks, it, it's happened a few times. And uh, and one was was just driving on the road. I, I went to mass in the morning. I was driving to a school to work with the students, and I hear this interview where a guy uh, is, is talking about his upbringing. He's the the fourth of five kids, and he's a grown man. He's an adult, you know, father and maybe even a grandfather at this time. But he's talking about his upbringing, uh, fourth of five kids. His parents had three kids and then, a, then a, a big gap, and then he came. And he was the, the oops baby, and his dad always let him know that, and they never had a, a good relationship. And it, their whole relationship was framed around that. And, uh, and he's just sharing about his upbringing, and he said it came to a crescendo the night before his graduation where his dad looked at him and said, I don't have enough love for you to fill my little finger. And he said, I don't know if my dad wanted me to fight back or whatever, but I just didn't have it in me. He just walked out. He walked out. So I'm driving. I said, Lord, what what are you trying to teach me through that? And he said, Rob, your your words can either build up or tear down. And I was thinking about my five kids, and and, I can honestly say that I've never said something directly like that harsh. I mean, that's like, I don't have enough love for you to fill my little finger. I've never said something like that, but God kind of took me through, like, you know, is my inattentiveness hurting them? With my 14-year-old daughter, I, I feel like I'm becoming a little more critical. You know, there's, am I catching her doing things wrong or trying to catch her do, doing things right? But, and God said, maybe, Rob, you're being a little more critical than you need to be and seek forgiveness. And in this time of Lent, whether we're receiving those words or we're delivering them, what a beautiful opportunity to either offer forgiveness, right, if someone has hurt us, because the worst thing to do is to hold those words and, and build up resentment um, so we can either forgive someone or we need, we might need to seek that forgiveness. But it, it went back to asking God, what did you want to say to me? So for this, for, for God to tell us, listen to him, right, this is my chosen son, listen to him, I think that, that question that you've counseled me on and so many others on, God, what did you want to tell me through that? Is it, is it, a good habit for me I'm trying to get into, but for all of us, all of us listening, all of our listeners, just get into that habit. You know, when you're confused, perplexed, suffering, times of joy, sorrow, whatever, God, what, what did you want to tell me through that? And, you know, just that one radio interview is, is just an example of, you know, of taking that pause because it really crushed my heart when I heard, I was like, well, I never said anything like that to my kids, but I say, then what God revealed, well, you might not, not, you might not have to say something that harsh, or that direct, but your nonverbals, 
Are you being critical? Um, so he, he, he took me on a little journey. So, well, you know, it's interesting because God allows us to be tempted. And you know what? We then have the free will to either call out, cry out to him, ask him for help, or try and battle that temptation ourselves and many times fall. So for me, Lent, you know, time of, of giving up and then offering that, that gift up for people in need is beautiful. So this year, one of the things I had given up was snacks between meals. So I took my daughter and my son, my 12-year-old, my 14-year-old, to the movies. I love popcorn at the movies. So I started a dialogue with my 14-year-old daughter, Emily, and the dialogue went something like this. Emily, you gave up snacks between meals too, right? She said, well, actually it was candy and sweets. I said, well, then popcorn, that probably doesn't really count as a snack between meals, right, Emmy? And she said, well, I guess not, Dad. And here she is relying on me. And I said, well, actually, it's corn, so it's really not, you know, a manufactured candy or sweet. And I did say I could have fruit between meals, so maybe I could squeeze corn into looking kind of like a fruit. And my daughter said, I said, I'll tell you what, how about if we share a bag? Okay, Daddy, if you say it's okay. My 12-year-old son in the background is going, oh, Daddy, I wouldn't do that. That's breaking the rule. I wouldn't do that, Daddy. I wouldn't do Do you think I listened to him? Oh, no. I justified that popcorn. And so I bought it, and Emily and I went off. We ate that popcorn, and the guilt set in. Then we, Then I thought, well... I ate the popcorn, might as well go back and get pretzels. So I went back, I got my soft pretzels, and we had, I had them, and she had one. And you can call that lunch. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I tried that, too. So I justified my and then I felt terrible. And my daughter Emily felt terrible. But my son, he loved it, because he was like, Daddy and Emmy fell, Daddy and Emmy fell. So he was picking on us, but you know what? I said to him, you know what, Zach? Thank you for being the voice of the Holy Spirit to try and help Emmy and I to say no to that treat between meals. And then the Lord really prompted me the next morning and, and showed me, he said, David, you really wanted that popcorn. It would have been a sacrifice for you to give it up. That sacrifice would have been so meaningful to me for you to say it specifically, to give it up for a certain purpose, for a certain person, because it was a true sacrifice. You wanted it. But you got to come to me. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the help to overcome that flesh desire. And then I'll show you that that flesh desire, when given up for somebody else, truly impacts that soul and that person. And I went, wow. So the good news is the next day, Sunday, my daughter and I decided to give up that day as a fast to make up for the day before. So what the enemy used to to hurt us and taunt us and knock us down God turned around into a teaching moment. I asked God to help me. And then also to give it back and to learn from that experience. Right? We're supposed to learn from our falls, learn from our shortcoming, and also learn how dependent we are on God. Because if we try and fight our own battles, we will fall. Another thing that jumped out, Dave, when you were reading was uh, what happened to Peter, James, and John. They they fell asleep again, right? So they're, 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 sleeping, uh, they're sleeping at the wheel. Actually, this one, this happened before the, the garden. Uh, but they fell asleep here. They fall asleep in the garden. And sometimes you ask yourself, why? How can they you know, How can they fall asleep on Jesus like this? But how many times do we fall asleep, whether it's physically or just kind of going through life and making decisions on our own, you know, where we just we fall asleep. We fall asleep spiritually. 
Um, so we have to have some have some empathy for these guys. And I think back to uh, a story that I heard about St. Therese that she used to really uh, have a tough time staying awake during her time of adoration. And uh, she was really feeling down about that. And she was taking that to prayer and asking God about it and, you know, questioning her vocation. And she felt the Lord speak to her heart and ask, ask her a question. You know, she had a great relationship with her dad. Did your father love you any less when you fell asleep in his arms? Nor do I love you any less when you fall asleep in mine. So prayer is just having daddy hold us, right? Sitting next to him and just, you know, he's not, he's not a judge on a, on a, on a, on a, you know, in, in a courtroom, but let's just sit in our father's lap and let him hold us. And, 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 and in doing that, we're going to be refreshed. We're going to be renewed. We're going to be reinvigorated to go out and fight. But then it's like a, it's like a both ends. So that's the refreshing part. But, but we need to pray. We need to stand in the gap for people. And we need to be the prayer warriors for others to intercede, to knock, to seek, to ask. And I heard a priest who's the rector at the Miraculous Metal Shrine uh, a couple of weeks ago, talk about St. Catherine Labore when she saw Mary. When Mary appeared to St. Catherine Labore in the chapel, she saw the Blessed Mother with her outstretched hands, with beautiful rays of light coming from her fingers. And she asked her what they were. And the Blessed Mother said, well, these are graces from heaven that God wants to give. And, and then there weren't rays coming out of some of the fingers. And, and she asked her why. And Father Carl gave us the answer that the Blessed Mother gave to St. Catherine. The reason why there weren't rays coming out of all the fingers, she, the Blessed Mother said, well, God has graces stored up in heaven, but you don't ask. Yes, we, we need to be in our Father's arms. We need to just sit there and let him love us, let him fill us. But there's a lot of hurting people in the world that maybe don't have the energy to pray. They don't know how to pray. They have lost their way. And we need to stand in the gap and, and intercede specifically for them with persistence just to, to storm heaven, because there are graces available for those people, for us and our lives, but we need to continue to ask, to seek, to knock, so God's grace can be uh, given to us where we need it. That's beautiful, Rob. And I was reading, you know, you shared about that Peter and his companions have been overcome by sleep. To me, that word overcome by sleep, that's the world. The world is always trying to lull us to sleep spiritually, to just suck the life out of us. And we must be on guard from that because it says then after that, but becoming fully awake, we are human and we are beings. We are fully human. We also are fully spiritual. We are united in one. So for me, I've got to be awake both physically and most importantly, spiritually. And then, and then they says they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. But I think I put another word down here. We can see and hear spiritually with the eyes of our heart when we are fully awake spiritually. And the only way to truly do that, Rob, is to go to God and get, get right with him. Because the blockages that, that, that prevent us from seeing, prevent us from hearing, you know, that, that concrete earwax that we have in our heart that doesn't let, they call it a hardness of heart, doesn't let us hear the Lord's voice, is our sin, our choice to do what I want to do. But as Catholics, we know it's beautiful. We can go to the sacrament of reconciliation. The Bible commands us, confess your sins to one another. The Bible says to the, to the, the early priests, the early apostles, you know, whose sins you've forgiven are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. So we know that that gift, that charism was given to the priests and passed on by the laying of the hands with the bishop on down through to today that we can go to the priest and we can confess our sins with a contrite heart to not want to commit those sins again and then 
through the grace of God and Christ working in, with, and through that priest, the words of absolution come. We can be forgiven of our sins, and the ears of our hearts can be opened. The eyes of our hearts can be opened, and we can see truly God at work in others, God at work in ourselves, and it's amazing. But when we fail to do that, and for me, it's a daily exercise of going to the Lord, inviting the Holy Spirit to inspect my heart, to see where I've sinned and asking for forgiveness. But as a Catholic, I believe I need to go every two to three weeks, no more than four weeks. I got to stay clean because as soon as I'm not clean, the enemy continues to lull me to sleep spiritually until I'm, I'm dead asleep spiritually dead, asleep, and I'm kind of like a zombie, walking around, not seeing, not hearing, God at work, and falling into traps of the enemy. So for me, man, I thank so much the gift of the priesthood and the yes of those men, that God chooses to use them as of instruments of his setting the captives free, setting the captives free. So that's my journey. And that's good there. I was not thinking about confession at all, but it makes sense. Overcome by sleep, you know, not, not being in a state of grace, or right. even if we even if we haven't committed a, a mortal sin, you know, with the conditions of you know it's bad, you know it's bad, and you do it anyway. Uh, even if we haven't committed mortal sin, but we've fallen lax and and just you know venial sins have have built up. You know that's that, you know that 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 induces that sleepiness, that spiritual sleepiness. And I'm just thinking of 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 the feeling. And we don't do confession for feeling, but God sometimes gives us uh, gives us these kisses when you just feel different, you know. So and I'm thinking of coming out of the confessional after making a good confession and then right after it says overcome by sleep but becoming fully awake. You ever get that day where yes. when you're when you're when you fully just lay it all out for the Lord and then you walk out and you just feel alive, you feel refreshed, you know, you, you are fully awake in the Lord. And, you know, lately, I, my, my confessions, I don't think, have, have been as good because my preparation for confession mm. has been lax. And I just got this little tiny book. It's called the Combat Prayer Book. It's a replica or like a kind of recreation of what they used to give World War II right. veterans or World War II soldiers. And it's a little tiny book, hardcover, that they would keep in their pocket. It has all the prayers and it has a beautiful examination of conscience that I went through the other day. I was like, wow, Lord, thank you. For you know, for right. in, you know, getting this person to give me the book as a gift uh, to look at, uh, because going through that examination made me realize, wow, I, I haven't truly been examining examining my conscience properly daily. Even we're supposed to do it every night, um, but especially going right before going to confession. So, uh, you know, I look forward to to making my next good confession. Awesome, Robin. And you know, we read about this mountaintop experience because the Lord wants to take us away to prepare us for the work that he has prepared for us, the works of love. And so I was thinking of another mountain experience where the Sermon on the Mount took place by Christ and where he shows us in separating the sheep and the goat, who are you? Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Do you follow the shepherd? Because he tells us, you know, clothe the naked. That's both physically and spiritually that those that don't have Christ in their lives feed the hungry. Same thing, again, spiritually. Feed them Christ, the Word of God. Give drink to the thirsty. Again, spiritual living water. Care for the sick. Those who do are affected by sin in their life. You care for them. You love them where they're at. You help them. Visited those in prison. You know, I mean, there's many people in the prison of addictions that need to be visited by us, that need to be helped. You know, welcome the stranger. You know, how many people do we pass by and don't even take the time? to acknowledge, or me, every time I go to a grocery store, anywhere I go, 
I say, may God bless you. I offer a prayer to that clerk. I offer a prayer to that waitress. I mean, it's awesome. So again, sharing truth with love, letting the Lord fill us up so that we can fulfill that Sermon on the Mount, those calls to love, unconditional love. I think that's the preparatory time. Again, where does Jesus want to take you to pray? And if I can just share something from this this little combat prayer book that really touched my heart, uh, overcome by sleepiness could be, you know, just that, that state of sin, but it can also be falling into habits, mm-hmm. bad habits, right, where you just check the box on, on, on your prayer. So it talks about seven daily habits of good prayer, and it's the morning offering, mental prayer, spiritual reading, mass, angelus, rosary, examination of conscience, and, uh, and then it, ex- it really exhorts us here. It says, it is time to set It is time to set aside the disorderly, freestyling way in which most of us have practiced our daily prayer life throughout our lives. The cult of the casual has become so pervasive in the world that it has seeped into our faith lives. The lack of discipline has spelled disaster for those who have ever attempted to maintain regular habits of prayer. Right? It's like the whole, like, God, just go with the flow kind of lifestyle. And when we try to do that with our prayer life, it's, it's disastrous. Right, so you know, it's, we need to be anything that's important. If we don't, you know, we schedule it, right? So our prayer life needs to be scheduled in our, you know, in our day, not just kind of fit in when we can. Right, and this is God speaking in the scripture verse. This is my chosen son. Listen to him. Well, he put his words down in the book, the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. We need to open up spiritually to hear his voice. And so for me, it's like we need to break open the bread of life every day. Our Lord's prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. The Lord says, I did. I gave it to you. I gave you my word. And Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. But here's the most amazing part the Lord revealed to me. Not only did Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, but He wants us to consume His Word so that we can truly enflesh the Bible, enflesh the Word of God to this world. Truth and love. We need to go forth as those lights, those beacons in the dark, so that we can be signposts that point to Christ, invitations to the heavenly banquet, and my goodness gracious, invitations to heal the one body of Christ, where Lord, the Lord does sit on the throne of our hearts and our separated brothers and sisters can see and hear Christ living in us, with us, and through us. Just like Peter, James, and John did Moses and Elijah. He saw the glory of Christ in them. But taking no credit, we give it all back to Christ because there is only one begotten Son, Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.